0: The title of our lesson today is Our Shepherd. It is the 23rd Psalm, which is a pretty familiar text. It's been taught about and preached about, but we're going to talk about it again. It's a beautiful thing about the Word of the Lord. It, it doesn't get old. Right. Amen. Right. It's still relevant today. Yeah. 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 Amen. Psalms 23, 1 through 6 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning, our shepherd. There's been a lot of talk in, uh, about shepherds and how and what they do, but I looked at the word this morning, shepherd, it means pretty simple uh, definition, a person who tends sheep, but the the uniqueness is in the tending. A person who tends sheep, and that's not really a word that uh, we use a lot today, but there is a lot to be said in the tending, and so as my mind works, I said, well, I want to understand what that means. What does tend mean? it means to apply oneself to the care of or watch over mm-hmm. and we get a word today i don't know why i never considered it y'all may know attendant mm-hmm. it used to be a gas station attendant that would come out there and make sure that your windows are washed and your tire and your, t- and, your and your and air was in the in the tires fill your gas a gas station attendant they were watching over you and making sure you had everything that you needed to safely drive on down the road. A right. shepherd is one who tends the sheep. Make sure you got everything together so they can go on down the road. This struck me this morning. I never, I never drew that correlation. Uh, Attendant. It's not just a job. Shepherding is not just a Job. Right. amen and old ada says action speaks louder than words how many how many know that action speak louder than That's words right. amen yeah. this was certainly true for the ancient shepherd one could easily observe how much the shepherd loved his sheep by seeing how much work and effort he put into caring for them. he did not just tell the sheep he loved them and then let them wander aimlessly. Right. Yeah. The shepherd, uh, our Heavenly Father, the Good Shepherd, uh, doesn't just say, I love you, good luck. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. You too, Amen. Amen. I really care about you, Brother Adam, but uh, see you in a month. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, no. He is a true tender yeah. of the sheep. Right. Amen. He doesn't allow us just to wander aimlessly. There is always a purpose. There's order. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. And he knows and he he cares and he's watching over us. Amen. Similarly, Jesus does not promise care and protection without demonstrating that love in action. The Bible records that when Jesus saw the multitude... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That's Matthew 9. This compassion caused Jesus to refuse to be passive. He showed he, his love in real and tangible ways. You ever, you ever, in today's society we use that word love so loosely So, so frivolously, I I love you, I love you, I love you, whatever. But there's no real, a lot of times there's no real or tangible thing that comes behind the word love. And in a lot of ways, love is an action word. Something transpires to show you that I love you and I care about you more than just what I say. Amen. Our shepherd does love us. But there's some action that comes behind that. He heals the sick. He raised the dead. He spent time comforting the lonely and the outcast of society. Think about me today. Think about where I was outcast in society. Maybe I fit too good into society. I was an outcast from the church and a, and I fit too good into society. And I needed to flip that. But he loved me. And he cared about me. And he didn't just say the words, but he showed me and he was tending after me and making sure that I was okay and drawing me closer to him. As we think about it and we ask ourselves, why does he do all of these things? Why why does he love me? I've asked myself that question. Y'all have heard me say that many times. I don't know why God loves me, but I'm sure glad that he does. I don't know what I have done to deserve this love, but I am so glad that he loves me. The underlying motive behind these actions is simple and yet incomprehensible. It's profound. Jesus loves me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus loves me. You know, we start this off as children in Sunday school. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red, brown, yellow, black, and white, They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. No matter creed, race, color, gender, God loves everybody. God is love. His very being and makeup is love. I'm so glad, Brother Ethan, that he loved me. And he shows me that love. Many different ways. He displays that love to me. Amen. Amen. Our shepherd, Jesus, loves us. Why do we start off our children in Sunday school teaching them this concept? That God loves you. Anyone ever questioned that before besides me? I have. Maybe you're way more spiritual than me, but I've been in places like, God, where you at? What am I saying? Do you really love me is what I'm saying. (laughs) Where you at, God? I I don't know where I'm at, and I sure don't know where you are. What am I saying, Sister Bev? I'm saying, God, do you still love me? I want to make sure. But I know he does, and he displays that over and over and over again. But in my humanness, I lose track of that. I can't understand that. I, I, I... when someone does me wrong or someone hurts my feelings, uh, I have something that wells up in me that I have to suppress is hate. Yeah. And it's the lack of love. And I want to get back and, and, and be ugly to people. And I have to get that down. God doesn't feel them same emotions. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to punish us. Sometimes he will correct us. But he corrects us because he loves us. The punishment that I receive is duly deserved and typically he's trying to wake me up because he loves me so much. Doesn't do his heart good to say, I'm going to get him lying back out, this is going to be a hard one. I don't think he's happy about it, but he's saying, I love you and I'm going to send you through this trial, I'm going to send you through this valley, this hard place because I love you. Amen. We must be willing to take God at his word. When Jesus compared himself to a shepherd, he was essentially making a promise to his followers. To nourish, protect, and provide for them in the same manner a shepherd does for his sheep. To nourish, to protect, and to provide. Anything the sheep could expect a good shepherd to do, we could expect our Heavenly Father to do. And even better than an earthly shepherd shepherd to nourish, protect and to provide go into your mind and think about it for a moment through the times that you have lived for God and, and you've tried to sell your sell out to him think of a time that he didn't nourish, protect or provide for you he may not give me what I wanted But every time, it was either nourishment, protection, or provision. Every time. Every time. There's sometimes I want something. God, I want this. Give me this. This is what I want. And in his protection mode, he's saying, I'm not giving you that because I'm protecting you. You don't need that. You may want that, but you don't need that. Because I love you, I'm not giving you that. How many, how many times have you seen a child get something, maybe a sharp instrument or whatever, and you take it away from them, and what do they do? Beller, holler, kick up, act out. Uh, Preston, when he was a child, he loved to hold his breath. And he would hold his breath until he passed, moved out. Just passed out, turned blue and passed out. Just so mad. He took after his mama. Just (laughs) angry. (laughs) He would do it. I mean, just get so furious that you took something away from him. Boom. Hit the ground. Passed out. We'd take him to the doctor. What's wrong with this kid? He's just (laughs) hard-headed. Oh, easy, (laughs) easy. How many times have I pulled that stunt on the Lord? Okay, God, don't do it. (laughs) Boom. Now what you gonna do? (laughs) I want it. It's mine. In his protecting way. Thank you, Lord, for not giving me that. Thank you, Lord, for watching over me and nourishing, protecting, and providing. Where would I be today without a shepherd saying Ah you don't need that? Oh let me watch you over here and please don't go there. Let me let me block this off for you. Let me let me tell you this. Don't don't do that. Oh hallelujah. Amen. Our shepherd. One day David received a revelation of himself as a sheep and God as the shepherd. It moved David to such an emotion that he penned the 23rd psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I, 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 I've circled this and underlined this in the lesson today. and Maybe just because I like outdoors and I can relate to animals. But there's so many times I, I think about the way animals work or the way people interact with animals and I can see that same thing working with the Lord through me or through his people. And I feel like that's what, the, that's what David was saying is, I see this correlation. I can't think of a better way to describe it. So here's my attempt. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I can't think of a, a better way to say that he's watching after me. I, I, can't, I can't think of a better way to make it relevant of what I see and what I feel and what I taste and touch from the Lord. And here's, here's my feeble attempt For his feeble attempt, the Lord is my shepherd, David wrote. Perhaps with tears, David would face difficult times in his life. Some through no fault of his own, and others directly caused by his own dreadful sin. But time and again, God would manifest himself as the perfect shepherd in David's life. If God did that for David, we can be confident he will be that good shepherd for you and I. We can be confident and know He's there with us Uh, He's walking right beside us He is our shepherd Uh, Hallelujah Oh let's just magnify the Lord this morning Uh, Thank you Lord for your goodness Uh, Oh thank you for being with us oh Lord Uh, We can depend on you Uh, uh, We can lean on you God Uh, Hallelujah Your word is forever settled Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, Hallelujah. He takes care of our needs. The the verse says, I shall not want. David wrote in the 23rd Psalms, verse 1, David knew he would never lack necessity. In the King James Version, the phrase is rendered in the future tense, meaning David had an ongoing confidence that not only... Now, but in the future, there would never be a need. He would take care of the necessity. He wrote that as a future thing. Yes, he's taking care of me today. But I know the the, the shepherd that I serve, he's going to be there tomorrow too. And next week and next year and next month, uh, he's going to be there. God provides food both spiritually and Physically. Amen. Our Heavenly Father re- realizes we do not just have physical needs, we Amen. we also have emotional, spiritual, yes. and psychological needs. Yes. I, I was thinking this morning as I was reading this text as about Thanksgiving on the way. I, I'm sure that there will be some homes in America that don't have a lot. But of all the people that I can recall and come up with, pretty much everybody's going to have some Thanksgiving food on their table. Amen. Something to eat or at least somewhere to go to get it. Uh-huh. Yes. We're, we're extremely, extremely privileged in that, in that, in that area. Amen. But there is a lot of, lot of other needs outside of just a turkey, if you will the emotional, psychological, and spiritual needs are much more lacking in our society than, than physical. If you don't believe that, look as you go to town and, and practically every block of the town, there's some sort of fitness center. There's a place to go exercise. Exercise in and of itself is big business. Making hundreds of thousands of dollars a day on exercise. Anybody ever heard of a Peloton? I don't know how much them people are making right now, but that's big business. To ride a bicycle and look at a screen. Big business. We're going to take care of our physical needs. Healthy food. Lord, I don't know how much I spend on vitamins and healthy food at my house. It ain't helping, but we spend money on it. <laughs> Taking care of this physical need. We may not be doing that good, but we got all the resources there to do good. But the emotional side of things. How many people do you know that are just hurting today? They may be physically fit and run 10 miles, but there's something inside of their heart that's hurting Spiritual, oh Lord, we have such a lack of spirituality in our world today. There is a deficit for the spiritual need of our of our day, and then psychological needs. We have people that are literally losing their mind, going through things and hurting and in pain. They need to know the shepherd. The problem is they don't know the shepherd. They're missing who is leading and guiding. They're missing that that person in their life to that God in their life. Mm. Amazingly, God is more than able to provide for all of our needs. In the way that He knows best. Amen. Confused? Hurt feelings, depressed. I felt all of them things before. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. But when I go to the shepherd, right. he has a way of calming me. Yeah. He has a way of speaking peace to me. Yeah. Getting me back on the right track, thinking yeah. the right way. Uh-huh. Amen. He knows my needs. Amen. He restoreth our soul. Our One beautiful promise is that God restoreth my soul. To restore literally means to bring back. The sheep did not always listen to the shepherd, unfortunately. This resulted in them wandering away and getting lost, getting caught in thickets, eating bad food, or falling prey to predators. When this happened, the shepherd pursued the lost sheep diligently, hoping to restore the lost sheep. To bring them back. You ever, you ever seen or thought about a new convert when they come to church and they feel the presence of the Lord for their first time and they receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost and that joy that just bubbles up and you see it all over them and man, they're, you, you, if, you, if you hit the wrong key, they liable to run and if you hit the right key, they liable to take off. They're just ready to go and do. They feel that exuberance in their soul. They, they want to praise the Lord and they, they want to worship and they, they're willing to, to put aside their pride. But something tends to happen as we go through life and as we live for the Lord and years go by and we get mature. And we're mature now. And you've got to play it just right. And you've got to sing it just right if you want me to even stand up. I want to be restored back to that first day. Lord, bring me back to that first day when the first time I received that gift from you, the joy that I felt, because I know you didn't change, God. So there's not been one other person here. That's me. God, I want to be brought back. Take me back to that place, oh Lord. And Lord, I don't want my maturity and all that my knowledge what little that may be to get in my way, God. When I come to your house or when I'm at my job or wherever I may be, I want that joy to be overflowing. Restore my soul, O oh Lord. My shepherd, uh, he restoreth uh, or brings me back, dear Lord. Amen. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oftentimes in our limited human knowledge, we do not know the perfect way to take. This is why the writer of Proverbs warned, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. How many times have I found myself right here? God, I don't really know where to go with this. God, I I, want to make good decisions. I want to make the right decision. But where do I go from here? What a sobering thought. A path might look right and good in our eyes, but because we cannot see far enough down the road, we do not know the path ultimately leads to destruction. The writer of Proverbs also provided the solution. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Acknowledge. I'm back to my wordsmithing. What does that word mean? To know. In all thy ways know him. Amen. Acknowledge him means to know him. Yeah. And every day, in every decision, in everything that I do, if I know my shepherd, yes. he will direct my path. Yeah. If there's distance there and, a, and, and, and lack of familiarity there and and I don't really know if that's his voice or another voice. And I, I, I can't d- decipher that. Uh, I'm in trouble. Yes. But when I know him and I know his voice and I hear his voice and we commune together in all thy ways. Acknowledge him to know him. Yes. He shall direct thy paths. Right. I want to know him more. Amen. I want to know him more. Yes. Yes. I want to I pull a uh, a brother moats on you. If I find myself down the wrong path, mm-hmm. I need to go back and make sure I know him. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe y'all have never been down the wrong path. I've been down some dead-end alley sometimes. I thought, well, I got this figured out. <laughs> yeah. run into the wall. Yeah. So I got to back up. Yeah. Lord, restore my soul. Yeah. Let me get back over here. Let me find you. Let me know you again. Let me, let me get intimate with you, God. Let me understand you. Now let me try it one more time. Hallelujah. If we keep our eyes on the good shepherd at all times, we know he will lead us in the best direction for our lives. Just knowing him and keeping him in my sight. Amen. Acknowledge him. We will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalms 23 and 4. In other versions, this phrase is translated as the darkest valley. We will walk through the darkest valley. Many of us have experienced times like these in our lives. At these times, it seems like the forces of evil are especially strong and closing in around us. We might be tempted then to go astray or even give in to despair because of how overwhelming life has become. David wrote the phrase in the present tense. Perhaps he was in a season of the darkest valley when he wrote this psalm. Even still, he he modeled the ideal ideal response for any of us. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Shepherd today, my shepherd, uh, even in the darkest of nights, uh, even in the darkest valley, whatever that might be, I know you're with me. You're walking with me. I want to know you. I want to stay intimate with you, even in the darkness, God. But I know that your rod and staff, they comfort me. Amen. I know you've got me. I just got to trust in you. Amen. He provides for us. For From a prison cell, Paul confidently wrote, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul knew that even if he did not have everything he wanted, he would always have everything he needed. In order to gain this pers- perspective, we must also build a trusting relationship with God. As in any relationship, trust is built over a long period of time. Every time God provides for us, we gain a little more confidence that He will provide again the next time. This is why after so many years of serving God, Paul could sit in a prison cell and still have confidence that God was going to supply his needs. This is why David knew that God could provide a table of provision, even in the presence of his enemies. That's right. Amen. That's right. Where where could David have uh, come up with that analogy? As he, as I was thinking about this, I, I I get the analogy of the Lord is my shepherd, and I get. The analogy of he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I get all of that. I even get that the dark times. But that's pretty out there thinking. That he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That is like trust to the next level. Is my trust where I could even envision that? I know he'll take care of me and I know he'll be there with me but do I trust God that I'm going to sit down and eat my supper looking at my enemy? That's next level. That's what he's telling us. Thou preparest a table before me right there in the presence of mine enemies. Uh A place of comfort is what I call sitting at supper. Uh, Relaxed, uh, enjoying the family. How's your day? Oh, how you doing, enemy? Good, good, good. Uh, You want to buy the cornbread? I mean, (laughs) it it, it, it is that place. I I want to learn to trust the shepherd to that level. I want to grow to that level where I can trust him that much. When I'm going through this valley, Pastor Motes, a lot of times I don't even feel like eating. Yes, that's right. That's right. And he's saying, break out the feast. It's it's eating time. Wow. He trusts the shepherd to that degree. Help me, Lord. I want to trust you more. Amen. Thou anointest my head with oil. Psalms 23 and 5. Ancient shepherds would anoint their sheep's head with oil for a variety of reasons. This one I never have heard of. This could help them not get their head stuck in tight places. I never thought about that. Help prevent infections. I get that. Protect them from bugs. I understand that. This seemingly simple simple act was yet another demonstration of the shepherd's care for his sheep. I, I had never considered that, and maybe that's just something I never picked up on before, that he put the oil on the head for a multitude of reasons, and one of them is when they run their head into something they wasn't supposed to, it was slick enough that they could slide back out. he give them a way out. How many times is the Lord putting this stuff on me and I'm saying, leave me alone? I don't want that. It's gross. You mean do what? What are you wanting me to do? Uh Uh-uh, not doing that. Brother Gates, you mean roll on the floor? Uh Uh-uh, I'm not doing that. No. No. And sometimes in in all of that he's providing that salve because he knows my hard head's going to be stuck into something it don't don't belong to me. Uh, uh, And without it I'm stuck. But when I allow him to uh, anoint my head with oil even though it's gross even though it may even smell, I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh everything that I put oil on after you get out in the dirt is pretty matted up. Yeah, right. yeah. Sister sister twilight's overshimmering. <laughs> <laughs> put it on, God. Yeah. I gotta have it. Yeah. Put it on, God. Right. I get oh boy, that's that's hard to say. Yeah. Dunk it on me, Lord. Yeah. Whew. Hmm. There's a purpose. There's a reason. He, didn't, he don't make mistakes. He don't make mistakes. Mm. Am I willing to trust the shepherd? Do I trust him that he knows what he's doing when he's anointing my head with oil? Do, do, do I trust that? Sheep and horses and cattle, when these insects start aggravating them, they typically just start running. And they will literally run themselves to exhaustion. Run through a fence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder if the Lord said, if you would just stop yeah. just a minute. Yeah. I got something for you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or you can just keep right on running. Yeah. On. If you just stop just a minute, I got something that would make it all better. Yeah. But you got to trust me enough to Stop. And I'll make another lap. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, let me trust the shepherd. Amen. When we submit to God as our shepherd, we can enjoy the many benefits that that come with that position. Back to submission again. Mm -hmm. Lord, I want us to be submitted. Mm -hmm. There's many benefits that come with that submitted position, which include the constant presence of God's goodness. If there is goodness in our lives of any kind, it is because God is there. The Apostle James recognized this when he wrote, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from Justin. No, it doesn't. Is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above there's no good in me if you've seen some good it cometh from above if I can do anything that is beneficial and good it's not me it cometh from above Every good gift. Boy, my pride don't like that. My pride wants to say, I can do some good. I can't do any good. But when I submit to him and I understand every good thing that you see in me, if there's anything, it cometh from above. If God is present in our lives, we can be confident his goodness will be as well. If God is present, Present in our lives, we can be confident that His goodness will be present also. Moreover, we should be thankful for the constant presence of God's mercy. This word can also be translated as faithfulness and unfailing love. All of these are at words to remind us of God's benevolence towards us despite our undeserving nature. God loves me in spite of me. He loves me. Amen. David concludes the Psalms 23 with a, with a proposed action of his own. I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever, The imagery of dwelling in God's house obviously did not mean David was set up a bed and a kitchenette in the tabernacle tent. But it did mean David wanted to live and exist constantly in God's presence. I want to live and exist in his presence. After considering the greatness of the shepherd he served, David determined his only logical option was to constantly seek God's presence in every aspect of his life. Lord, I want to exist in you. I want to I want to take my existence from you. Not from me, not from what I can do, but Lord, I exist because of you. Hallelujah. Home is where we sleep and eat. Home was where we feel the most comfortable and safe. Mm -hmm. Using this analogy, David mused that he wanted to experience God's presence even more than he experienced his own house. Mm -hmm. How many times have we said, there's no place like home? Hmm. David wanted to dwell in God so much that he never felt more safety, security, protection and provision anywhere else yes. I want to dwell in the Lord to the place that I, I can't find a safer place yes. a more protected place yeah. right. a more peaceful place right. Right. than in him yeah. but you know when, when there's distance between me and the Lord and I am not fulfilling my end of the bargain. It's clunky. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's not smooth. Mm-hmm. It's jerky, herky-jerky, if you will. Yeah. That relationship. Yes. But when there's time spent, and I know him, and I've rolled back. He knew me anyways, but I, I allowed everything to just, here it is, God. God. Nothing hidden here. Faults, failures, victories, all of it right here. It's just safe and it's peace. But when I try to do it my way and I get sidetracked and I lean on my own understanding, it just don't work out. And our human tendency when we when we go through that rocky spot, it is to avoid the rocky spot. But the only way to get to the good spot is to go through the rocky spot. So we go to it, brother Adam. I've been there many times. I found myself, man, that didn't work, so I just pull away. And God's pulling me and drawing me. And I try again. And it's that old bump, 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 bump. So I just back away. But if I ever want to get to know the shepherd like I need to get to know the shepherd, I just got to push through the rocky spot. I just got to find my way to the depth as Brother Moses has been teaching us and preaching to us. We got to push our way to that place in God that we know and we can trust our shepherd. Amen. There's one important distinction between the metaphor of physical shepherd and our heavenly shepherd. In the livestock industry, shepherds do not give their animals any choice of whether to stay with the flock. Those sheep have no choice in the matter. They must do whatever the shepherd says. However, God, as our loving and good shepherd, recognizes we are humans and not farm animals. He has given each of us free will to humbly submit to his status as good shepherd. He will not force us to stay with the herd. He will continually to to pursue us, but he will never forcefully coerce us. Instead, he cries out to us, begging us to join his flock. He is always ready with a loving embrace. You're not forced to do anything. You can do what you want to do. I get to choose. Do I want him as my shepherd or do I want to be my own shepherd? I get to make that choice. And as I think about it, it's a pretty easy choice to make. The action behind that might be a little more difficult. But think about how much he loves me and how much he cares about you and I. Amen. I want him to be my shepherd today. Praise the Lord. Can we just stand this morning and love him? Oh, dear Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being with me, God. You are my shepherd. We thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for being with me, Lord, uh, for your protection and your providing and your direction, oh God. You are good. Uh, You are a good, good, Father. We submit to your will and to your ways. Bless your name. Bless your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's take a five minute break, 10 45, 1050. to start morning worship. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Right back to where we went, to. Most of the time, when we, go, when we go around it, we got to go rocky back and then go rocky back up. It, it. I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we may not. That was a good one. I uh-huh. feel To, for a young person to the teacher.